Good morning, everybody. Really glad that you're here today. And that's what we're going to talk about right there, that we would live our life with open hands. And so if you would, go ahead and grab your message notes out of your program. They look like this. You'll be able to follow along. Uh, I'm going to run all over the Bible today, and so you're not going to be able to really open to a certain place unless you want it open to Matthew 25, where we're going to end up. And maybe that'd be a great way to you know, hold your notes so you could write on, just have your Bible open as well. And uh, before I jump in, I just want to thank you so much for your prayers. I, many of you may not know this, but uh, my wife's father went to heaven on Friday morning. And so just thank you for your prayers and your concerns for us and just ask you to keep praying for us. Uh, her service is on Tuesday. She's already there. And I'm leaving with the kids in the morning. And so just pray for that service on Tuesday. She gets to speak for about 10 minutes. And so I just, uh, as I read her 10-minute share, I just was more uh, just thanking God for the woman I get to share life with because she's amazing. And God's just really working in her and uh, his provision over the last uh, really months. Uh, and we've been able to see in so many ways where she got to actually be there when he was actually the last time he w could speak and got to talk with him and they had some amazing moments. And then uh, just to know that he was released to go to heaven, uh, that's what we're celebrating. And it's just a wonderful thing. And you know, so my dad died in April, so they're there together now. And so celebrating and so uh, just pray for us. And I asked for prayer for me for stamina. As you know, I'm still, this is ending week 17 in my treatments. And so this added stuff is uh, really hard. And so just keep praying for stamina. I'd appreciate that. And uh, just a word about that, that the treatments are going well. So let's just keep those in prayer as well. That's right. Um, okay, so there we go. Just kind of get that out of the way. It's uh, just a really tender time in our family's life right now. Now, what I want to do is in this rhythm series is we're going to get into the place where I, I've just been looking forward to this a lot. To be able to do this talk today. And what I'm talking today is, is just this. And if you will choose to do it. Now, I can't make you do it, can't force you to do it, can't coerce you to do it. That's not what this talk's about today. If you will choose to do it, what I'm going to talk about today, I believe can propel your life forward in ways that nothing else can, if you choose to do it. It's going to be up to you. If you choose to do what we're talking about today. On one hand, I just want you to just know right up front, this message is not about you. Not about you. It's about the impact that your life can make. It's about the difference that you can make in the lives of others around you. It's about the mark that your life can make in this world. So on one hand, it's not about you. But on the other hand, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's about living the life that God gave you to its fullest to its fullest, just living that life. It's about rewards beyond belief that God wants to pour out on you. It's about satisfaction. It's about fullness. It's about a fulfilled life. Today, we're talking about giving. That is the choice we get to make. Am I going to be a giver or not? Am I going to give? And if I'm going to give, then what the Bible says, I will be the most fulfilled in life as a giver that I can be. So in our strategy statement that we've adopted for this next season of our church's life, which is what we're looking at in this section of this series, is on the inside of your program, on the lower left-hand corner, and it says our strategy, and it says this, we glorify God as we gather together, we grow our faith, as we give our, of ourselves, and as we go share Jesus with our world. Well, today we're coming to that section that says as we give of ourselves. And so I get the privilege 
of talking about that today. And, uh, you know, when we, real, when we got back and we were looking at who we've been for the last, actually, 20 years of our church, we have had purpose statements that we've adhered to, that we've followed as a church family, that we've all said that this is who we are. And what we realized is, is in those purpose statements, there was something left out, and there was really not an opportunity for us to talk about this issue of giving, this issue of giving ourselves away. So we said, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to change them, and we rephrase this. We're going to actually use the word give as one of our purpose statements, and it's going to give me the opportunity to talk to us all about our giving, and especially our giving when we serve, but our giving financially and our finances we give to God. I'm just really excited about this, and I know you are too, okay? You're all ready, okay? I know you are. I know you are. I know you are. It includes serving. It includes generosity. So how do you live your life in such a way that your life is going to leave a legacy, that your life is going to live a, leave a mark? Well, let's look at how Jesus Christ lived his life, okay? We'll just use him as our example. How did Jesus live his life? Look at Matthew 10, Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Jesus says this, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Circle that. He came to serve, and he came to give. Circle that. He came to serve, and he came to give his life as a ransom for many. So you can make your mark in this life, your mark in this world, when you serve and when you give. When you serve and when you give, you can make a difference in this world. So I say as simply as I can. Life is not about, and so some of you can maybe get free today, life is not about striving and getting. How many of you are tired of that life? Striving and getting. It's not about that. Life is about serving and giving. That's what life's about. It's about serving and giving. Jesus made such a huge impact as he lived his life because he chose to come as a servant and as a giver. And he made a difference, and as we would live our lives like he did, then we have the same potential to make a difference in our world when we become givers. So what we're going to see today is that the best way to leave our mark, the best way that we can leave, make a difference in this world, is that we would live a life of service rather than serve us, service rather than serve us, and that we would live a life of giving rather than getting. And so we're going to be kind of set free today. Some of us get set free. Service rather than serve us, giving instead of getting. As we live that, we change our vernacular and look at it another way, then we're going to have a life that makes a difference. Now, how many of you have ever seen the movie Pay It Forward? Raise your hand. I know most of you probably have. It's been around for a long time, and you've seen it s- several times. And you've probably heard people talk about the whole idea and still use that phrase today. I'm going to pay it forward in some kind of way. It comes from that movie uh, on called Pay It Forward. Now, at the very beginning of the movie, what we do is we find ourselves, you know, kind of looking in on this seventh grade social studies classroom, and the teacher, the first day of the year, he gives his class an assignment, and he writes the assignment on the board. He kind of flips the screen up, and they see the assignment there, and the assignment is this. I'm going to read it to you because I want you to really get it as you watch this clip in a minute. He said, think of an idea to change the world and then do it. That's their assignment. Think of an idea to change the world and then do it. Now let's watch the reaction of seventh graders in that classroom. Let's watch this clip. This is your assignment. Extra credit, it goes on all year long. Now wait a minute, what, what, what's wrong with this? What's the matter? Yes? It's, it's like so... 
So what? There must be a word to finish that sentence. Someone help her? Weird. Crazy. Weird. Crazy. Hard. Bummer. Bummer. Hard. How about possible? It's possible. The realm of possibility exists where? In each of you. Here. I want to say it as a statement right now. The realm of possibility exists in each of you. The realm of possibility exists in each and every one of you. Your choice, the way you choose to live, will make the difference on whether you make a mark for good in this world or a mark that is not good in this world. We all leave a mark, whether it's good or bad. But our choice, the possibility is within us to leave a mark that makes good. And I want to talk about how do we leave that mark that makes that leaves for good. Now, we all have, we, when we say yes to Jesus Christ, it's a free gift. Say yes to Jesus Christ. By grace, I accept what he's done for me. Now, as I accept what he's done for me, that's called salvation. And then what God would say to me, or what I would ask God, okay, God, you've saved me. Now, what, do you save, what did you save me for? What did you save me for? And that's what I want to talk about today. I saved you that you would live your life in such a way that it would make a difference. That's the possibility that lives inside every one of us, that we can make a difference in this world. And I just want you to know, no matter what anyone else has told you, I believe that your life matters. And I believe that your individual life, if you were to choose to do what we're talking about today, that every one of us in this room, that we can make a difference not only in this world, but in eternity. And we choose to give ourselves away. And I believe that deep down inside, we all want that. We all want that, but we've been told we couldn't. We've been told it's too hard. We look at it and we think it's impossible. Instead, God says it is possible when my Holy Spirit placed inside of you guides you, I will show you how your life can make a difference. And I believe that's why you come here. And I, I just really, I believe you come here every week. You come here every week. You come here every week. And you come here, you come to encounter God like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You come here to learn more about Jesus Christ so that you can grow in him. You come here so that you can have connection and relationship with other people. But I believe the thing that drives us the most to come here most often is that we come here because all week long we've been trying to make a mark in a certain way. And we come here because we want God to show us how we can truly make a difference. Our lives matter. And I think that's why you come. Because you want your life to really matter. And I believe every one of us, we want to leave our world a better place. A better place. How many of you watched some of the memorial service of Whitney Houston over the weekend? Some of, many of us watched that. I watched the 48-minute Cliff version, Cliff Notes version online. How many of you did that? You watched the MSN version. And so you got the Cliff. It was awesome watching that. But what I was amazed as I uh, watched that, I was really moved. I actually bawled a couple of times watching that. My medications make me really tender uh, in that way, uh, but I, was, I, I just cried a few times. Uh, but one of the things, I was laying in bed, and I was trying to go to sleep, and, and it just hit me like that. And I jumped out of bed, and I ran into the kitchen, and I had to write it down so I wouldn't forget to share it today. And it's this. As I was listening to the story of Whitney Houston, and she is an amazing woman, amazing story in her life, what I realized is, is that in her memorial service, it was all about magnifying God, 
God was magnified. You guys watch that. God was lifted up in her death. In her death. And what I thought about, what I went, or what I went and wrote down, and, and this is nothing against Whitney Houston at all, but what I want to share today is how you can magnify God in your life. That every decision you make can make a difference today in somebody's life as you do it with God. And in your death, you'll magnify God too. But let's do it in our life too, okay? Let's do that. Let's allow our lives to make a difference in a huge way. So I'm just going to begin by sharing some basic truths that we need to understand about this issue of giving. If we don't get these, we're not going to be a giver, okay? First of all, we need to realize is this. Giving is about ownership. Giving is about ownership. It's all about ownership. And First Chronicles that Pastor Mark read to us just a few moments ago, it says this, everything, would you circle that? Everything we have has come from you, talking about God, and we only have what you first gave us. So in other words, we don't have anything. He has everything. He's the owner, and we don't own anything. So the first thing I have to do, I have to get a, I have to get a grip on this. I have to understand this. No matter what anyone tells you, you don't own anything. No matter what anyone tells you, you don't own anything. You're not an owner. You're not a renter. You're a user. We're all users, okay? We're all users, God gives us things to use. He gives us stuff to use for him and his kingdom. So the first thing we need to know is that we are not, that we are not the owners, that he is the owner of everything. That brings us to the second truth. If he's the owner of everything, then giving is about stewardship. It's about ownership. It's about stewardship. And this next verse talks to us all about stewardship. Paul's writing, he says, Now a person who is put in charge as a manager must be what? Faithful. He must be a faithful manager. Now that word could also be steward. And a steward is someone who says, I'm going to take what someone else owns, and I'm going to manage it. I'm going to steward it because I don't know anything. I don't know anything. I'm a user, and I get things given to me, and I'm going to take these things that are given to me, and I'm going to manage them in a wise way. So giving is simply a matter of stewardship. It's saying, my owner has given me this, and he wants me to manage it for him, and part of his management strategy is that I would invest it, and I would give it away. And so I'm also going to be a giver. Now, here's the other thing we need to know if we're going to be able to understand this whole idea of giving. Giving is about relationship. That's the third thing. It's about relationship. It's about relationship. So I give, and this is going to be the tweaker for some of us today, that we're going to say, well, God, I hear you saying this, Ron, but then I hear you saying this, and they don't seem to match. <laughs> And they may not, but I want to talk to you for just a little bit about this. Giving is about relationship. It's not about rules, it's about rhythms. It's not about rules, it's about rhythms. And when I'm in the rhythm of having a relationship with God, then what will happen is out of that relationship, as he gives to me, as I know him, as he loves me, I'm going to want to give back. I'm going to want to give back. I'm thinking about my relationship with my wife. If I give to Kimberly because it's my job, okay, I mean, I got the husband role job sheet, you know, you guys go in those? Husband job role sheet, you know what you're supposed to do. If I give to Kimberly because it's my job, and I'm guilty of doing this, I've done this, okay, my job, then I tell you what, 
I'm going to end up resenting it. I'm going to end up resenting, and I'm going to end up counting, keeping track, so that I know. So, and I'm going to even end up, and I hate it when I do this, pointing out that I gave, <laughs> pointing out that I served, because I really wanted to know how much this cost me to do this in some way. That's when I do it out of my job. But here's what I'm learning more and more, and I'm, I'm, I'm really slow on this one, so you got to know, we've been married a long time, and I'm just now really kind of getting it. If I give to her out of my love for her, then what I find is, wow, look at how that blessed her. How can I give more? How can I do this again? How can I give more? And then I find give, 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 and I just want to give to her all the time. But it's because I have a relationship with her. Look at what the Bible says. It says in 2 Corinthians 8. It says, their first action was to what? Give themselves to who? The Lord. The Lord. So that they could be in what? They were in relationship with him. And as they gave themselves to him in relationship, then, hey, he's the owner. I'm the steward. He gives because he loves me. He asks me to give because he loves me. Just like a parent would say to a child, I want you to do this. And you'll understand later because you know I love you. <laughs> That's what God says to us. He says, you'll understand later because I love you. Just do it because I asked you to do it. So I'm going to be a giver. I must first have a relationship with God. So there's part of it. That's what this um, you know, series is about is the rhythms. They help me with the relationship with God. And then when I become a giver, I'm not going to count the cost, and I'm never going to regret the gift. Never going to regret the gift because it was out of relationship. Instead, I will celebrate the opportunity. Now, because this is so important to us, I'm going to talk to you about how our church is going to talk about giving over the next you know, season of our church. We might say decade, but I can't do anything for a decade, so <laughs> if you know me well. So the next season, okay, so this is how we're going to express this. Uh, as how we're going to do it. We're going to give you three ways that we're going to talk to us about giving. And I had to combine them all into one talk, so I'm sorry about that, but here we go. First of all, we give together by discovering our shape and serving. We give together, it's the first focus, is we give together by discovering our shape and serving. Now, shape stands for, you're going to write this down, I don't have a slide for you, you have to do it by quickly, uh, is spiritual gifts is the S, spiritual gifts, so I discover my spiritual gifts. I discover my heart or my passion my heart or my passion. I discover my abilities, the abilities that I have. I discover my personality, hopefully only one. <laughs> it depends on what day it is, right? <laughs> Time of the month, oh, whatever. Okay, so personality, and then my experiences, my experiences. We have a class called 301. Pastor Brett teaches that. It's a great class to help you to discover. So we're going to help you to discover how God made you, and then we're going to help you to know how to deploy or employ, or get into ministry that fits the way that God has shaped you. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to say we need to discover how God made us. Now, typically, you know, SHA, those aren't going to change over time. Maybe your abilities might change as you learn new skills. Hopefully your personality is fixed. Uh, and then E would be experiences. That's the only thing that really changes. So over time, you're going to have more experiences. Those experiences are going to become part of your shape. That shape will be used in different ways. So you might choose to do something today based on how you're wired. And then 10 years from now, because you have maybe learned some new abilities and skills, and also because you've had different experiences, you might find a new place that you can employ yourself and serve in that way. So God takes me with all that I am, all that he gave me when he made me, all, when I was conceived in my mother's womb, God did that. He made me 
just like I am in my mother's womb. He takes that. He takes the experiences I've been through life. And then here's what he does. He takes my choices, good and bad, and he molds it all together. And he says, that's your shape. And now this is how I'm going to use your shape and the world to serve me so that you can make your mark as you serve other people. Look at these verses. First Peter. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So everybody who says yes to Jesus, you've been given at least one gift, spiritual gift. And then he says this, use them well to serve one another. You could have said use them well for personal gain, right? Because it's a gift. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's you know, a talent, something we might still do. But he didn't say that, to serve one another. And he says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things, so we can serve, do good things he planned for us long ago. So my task then as a follower of Jesus is to discover my shape and then to put it in to ministry in some way. And I'm going to get to that a little later in our time together. Secondly, what we're going to focus on, help us to do as a church, as a family, is this. We give together by managing our resources and giving. By managing our resources and giving financially. You might just put financially. Let's jump mince around here. By giving financially. God expects us to be givers. He expects us to be givers. Paul says this. He's talking to the church. 2 Corinthians 8, he says this. I want you to excel. Why don't you circle that word, excel, also in this gracious act of giving. So he's saying, right, I want you to be excellent givers. Excel in it, in this gracious act of giving away. And then he makes it clear. And I just want you to know right up front, I'm not saying today how much you should give. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to coerce you to give today. I'm trying to tell you that when you give, you enter into God's stream of a fulfilling life and also the potential. But if you don't give, you're not in the potential path to make a difference in someone else's life. This is what he says. Paul says this. He says, you must eat, so every one of us, decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure so if anyone ever you know says today well i felt like ron was coercing me today and so i'm not going to give just know i'm not coercing i'm simply saying the truth that god says and so you know if you feel it's coercing if you want to talk to me later i'll help you with that i'm not doing that uh, it's not about coercion today. It's simply saying, here's what you need to know. Here's the truth. And there's, I'm going to get to this in a little while. There's actually a final exam on how we do with this. And I want you to be prepared for that time. Okay, so God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And that would be someone who understands that uh, owner, stewardship, and relationship gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So it's a process. And we're going to look at this a little. As I give, God gives to me. As I give, God gives to me. As I give, God gives to me. As he sees that I'm a generous giver, he's going to give to me generously so that I can spend it on my... No, so that I can give it away. So that I can give it away. Most of us, when we have extra income coming to our house, we think, what can I buy with this? Truth? Truth. God says, I gave you this extra income so that you could bless someone else. Think about that. It's a way that you can make a mark in someone else's life who needs help. So we give financially. And what we're going to do is we're going to work more and more at teaching us this whole idea of managing and stewardship. Financial Peace University is the best tool we have to help us to understand financial management 
And then we're going to teach us about being givers and giving ourselves away. Third one is this. We give together by investing, it's a key word there, investing our time, talents, and treasures. So when I see my time, talents, and treasures as pools of resources, of springs that I can use and channel in such a way that it's going to bless someone else's life, then I look at them differently. I look at them differently. But if I look at my resources as ways to pay my expenses as opposed to making investments in someone else, think about this. Pay your electric bill, it's an expense. Pay your gas bill, they're going up all the time, right? That's an expense. You pay for your grocery bill, that's an expense. You're paying for something that you what? Consume. That you consume. That's an expense. What I want you to understand and realize is that God wants you to invest. When you're making an investment, it's in what? It's in the future. It's in the ability to have more so that you can do more with it. If I'm expensing it all away, when I get to the end of my life, I have zero. And I've consumed it all. But what God says, no, I want you to take your time, talents, and treasures, and I want you to invest them in such a way that they're going to not only impact your life, but they're going to impact the kingdom. And as you impact the kingdom, they're going to impact individuals. And I'm giving you this so that you can invest it so that you have more to invest, more to give away, more to help other people. And seriously, I'm just as guilty as anyone about this, about expensing it away. The gifts God's given me. He's thinking, oh, I got more. I can have this. You get all caught up in that. And God says, no, I give it to you to invest. So now let's go back to the video clip, okay? Pay it forward. Go back to that video clip. Pay it forward. The teacher said this. He said, this is your assignment for the entire year. And what I'm talking about today is our assignment for our life, our life, but for the entire year. And then he says this. Your grade will be determined on how you do. Your grade will be determined on how you do. Well, listen up, folks. This God, this command that God gives to be a giver is for everybody. Your assignment is to be a giver. And at the end of your life, your grade will be determined on how well you did. And I'm just telling you, just want you to be on being honest with you as I can today, there will be a final exam. And at that final exam, God will ask us two questions. One, what did you do with my son Jesus Christ? That will determine whether your, your eternity. And the second question is, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? And God will hold us accountable for what he gave us. Oh, you didn't say that? I wish I didn't have to tell you that. But look what it says in Matthew 16. For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. All people according to their deeds. Now, we're not talking about salvation here. We're not talking about grace. We're talking about what did you do with what God gave you. And there's a story in the Bible, in Matthew chapter 25, called the story of the talents. It's a parable that Jesus taught. It illustrates what I'm talking about today. That you have this man, and he was going to go away, and he says to his three servants, he gives to his three servants, he says, I'm going to give each of you a certain amount, so I'm the owner, 
I'm giving to you this amount, and I'm going to give each of you a different amount. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to invest this while I'm gone, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to hold you accountable for how you did with what I gave you. And as you know the story, two of the three invested what the master had given them. They invested it. They didn't just expense it away, but they invested what the master had given them. And when the master came back and he held an accounting, he held them accountable, then they had something to show for what the master had given them with his resources. Say, I invested it, and here's what I had to show. <clears throat> now, here's the deal. The amount of what they had, to, the amount of the return wasn't what, how they were judged. Simply, did they invest what the master had given them? That's how they were judged. And then both of them came, both servants came. They had both invested. They would both made back in return because they invested. They didn't expense it away. They invested what the master had given them. And this is what the master says to them in verse 21. Well done, my good and faithful servant or servants. You have been faithful in handing this small amount, so now we'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's party together. Let's party together. And folks, I just want you to know, if you want, and I think we said it, you know, I think we all do. This is why we're here. We, if you want to make a difference, if you want to make a mark with your life, your one and only life, with the resources that God has poured into you, then you must invest it. Invest it. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had a memorial service here that was very moving memorial service. It was for Harry Cole. I'm going to pop a picture up of Harry. This is the, serv- the picture we looked at as the entire service went along that day. Uh, and you know, it was an amazing service. It really was, as we got to you know, celebrate this man's life that most of you, mo- I doubt if any of you, very few of you know Harry. Harry's been in our church since 1993. 1993, Harry and his wife, Bev, just amazing people. As we talked about Harry, uh, and I talked with the family, the statement was made about Harry that he was God's servant. And so that's what we celebrated that day, is that he was God's servant. Harry was one of those guys, honestly, you just didn't notice. He just kind of, he was always here, but you never noticed that he was here. He never drew attention to himself. He was just always here, giving in some way, in some capacity. You missed him when he was gone, but you didn't see him when he was there. That kind of guy. You know that kind of guy. That's who he was. Harry served here. I don't know how many years Harry served here with our preschoolers. He taught three-year-olds. I think of Harry. My dad taught two-year-olds for over 30 years. And Harry taught three-year-olds for who, many, who knows how many years. My kids, your kids, those of you who grew up in this church, you grew up getting, your kids grew up getting hairy hugs. That's what they called them, hairy hugs. He loved kids. He gave himself away. When we used to be a church in a box, a church in a box means, for those of you who don't know, everything that we had at Twin Cities Church fit in a big U-Haul moving truck. We had nothing. We had none of this stuff, okay? Nothing. We were church in a box. We had to set up and tear down every week, and we did that for 13 years. And I remember when we moved over to Hennessy School, and we were at Hennessy School in the Veterans Hall, we'd get there, the team would get there at 4 or 5 in the morning, 
and start setting up for church as they gave themselves. Well, Harry, because he was with preschool with Bev, he got there every single Sunday. And he would go every single Sunday. He would go to the truck. We had these big carts that we made. And he'd go over to the truck, and he'd start pulling out all this preschool stuff. And, you know, preschool stuff's big and plastic, okay, big and bulky. And he'd pile it on there, and he'd try to tie it down. And he'd take this cart all across the parking lot, and he'd be pushing there and stuff, you know, balancing on there. And he would take it all the way over, and he would set up for these preschool kids. And then they'd come. They'd have three services. He'd take time out to work three-year-olds for three services. Then he'd go back after church was over. He'd put it all in the cart. He'd push it all the way back over, all the way back over, put it on the truck so that we could have church in a box the next week. Then we moved here. Well, what's Harry going to do now? <laughs> uh, well, Harry found other things to do. And so Harry was involved three services every Sunday. I chided him all the time. I said, you got to at least listen to me one service, Harry. <laughs> but three services every Sunday, he was down there serving with his wife, serving our preschoolers. He served at their uh, vacation Bible school. He served at their children's camp. He served, not only did he serve at our church, though, he was part of the sheriff's service volunteer organization. He served on two social organizations. He served everybody who came to him. They knew that Harry would do what they asked. Harry was a servant. So I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. I was thinking, Harry... like that, went to heaven. He has a cup of coffee beside him. Like that, God called him home. He goes into heaven. He walks in. He walks up to the throne. And he comes up to the throne. And as he comes up to the throne, I'm sure he was the same humble Harry. But as he walked up to that throne, what I believe happened at that moment is that Jesus Christ look at Harry Cole and Harry Cole and he says, Harry Cole, you invested what I gave you. You did with what I gave you. You served as I made you. You never counted the cost. And Harry Cole, well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's have a party in your honor. That's what I think happened on that day. A party in his honor. Now remember this. Just think about it. Harry, this is hard, Harry passed the test. He passed the test. He used what God had given him while he was here and invested it so that his life made a mark, not just in eternity, not just when he died, but it made a mark every day that he lived. Every day. That's why we had 450 people in this room for his service. I was shocked. I thought we'd have about 200, 250. You know, we kind of try to guess these things so we can manage the crowds and everything. 450 people showed up to honor this silent, behind-the-scenes, nobody-knows, nobody-hears-from servant. He made a mark. And God says to you and me, you can make a mark as well. Now, the word of warning, and this is the part I wish I didn't have to say at all. I wish I didn't have to say this. But you need to hear it. There was another servant in Jesus' story. And this other servant in Jesus' story took what the master owned, what the master had given, and hid it, or for my vernacular today, expensed it away. And didn't invest it in the future. And look at what Jesus says to that servant. You wicked and you lazy servant. And what he's saying here, and this is the, you know, that we are gonna, we're all going to face this. We're all going to face this final test. Because he's saying, you missed this one 
opportunity I gave you to make a difference in this world, to make a mark in this life. And I just want you to know, I care too much about you today not to say this. You need to hear, this message is not about how much the church needs you to serve. This message is not about how much the church needs you to give more money. This message is all about how we all need to become givers, investing what God has given us in the future and other people so that our lives matter and our lives make a difference, not just so that we can be held up and glorified in some day, in some way, but so that other people can go to heaven, can know Jesus Christ because we were givers and we gave to him. Now notice this, I want you to write it down. Giving is an opportunity to make a difference and be blessed by God. That's it. Giving is an opportunity to make a difference and be blessed by God. And notice this words from Acts 20, 35. It says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I, notice, it's not bad to receive. Not bad to receive. Not bad to be on the receiving end. But it's more blessed to what? Give than to receive. Now, I want to ask you to do this. So I'm going to come back to that whole <coughs> serving idea. But in your program is this sheet. It says serve on it. If everyone would take this out right now, if you do this for me. I'm going to give you an opportunity today to take your one and only life and sign up for ministry. To put it in use. To put it, the gift that God has given you in use in some way. So if everybody take this out, I'm going to ask you to look this over. And today. Why not today? Today, say I want to be used. Today. Say, I want to be used. And so you look at this. It tells you what these folks' ministries do. Then you select one. Now, here's the deal. If you already serve, this is not for you. I'm not asking you to do more. I'm not asking you to sign up for more today. So if you already serve, this isn't for you, unless you want to switch. <laughs> I didn't say that. Okay. And so um, it, just a way that you can look at this and you can sign up. This is for everyone who's not in the game. They're not in the game. And... This is a chance for you to get in the game. So you fill this out, and in a few moments during our offering, we'll be able to put this in the offering basket. So I just want to take, give you a minute to look that over. Now, if you bow your heads, I want to pray. God has called us to be servers not self-centered. To serve us, not serve us. To be givers, not hoarders. To be generous, not greedy. To invest so that our lives can make a mark. And God, I pray today that you would give us the courage it would take to engage in a lifestyle of giving. Because, God, every one of us in this room, as much as we want to make a, lie, a difference in the world today, every one of us in this room wants to hear those words. Well done. My good and my faithful servant, let's have a party in your honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.